This is the Views from the Booth podcast, your reference guide into the world of sports broadcasting. Here's your hosts, J.J. Duke and Joe Vasile. Hey everybody, welcome back to Views from the Booth. J.J. and Joe here with you. Hope you guys are doing well at home. Back at it again. And in fact, actually, this is going to be the finale of our first season of Views from the Booth. Uh, this has been a nice little journey. Basically started this back with a whim of an idea back in late May, early June of the year 2020. And here we are in mid-November, still going on strong, knowing that kind of how timelines worked out. We were hoping that between myself and Joe that we would be back in business at some point around this time. And fittingly enough, it looks like, fingers crossed, that is going to be the case. But um, I feel like this has been a journey that we've, we've grown into, we've enjoyed as we've gone about. We'll get into that a little bit in this show. We'll recap some of our favorite moments, maybe talk about uh, some of our best interviews that we've had because we've had a number of great guests come on the show, uh, summarize the whole season, kind of set the tone for what is to come for this. But uh, Joe, last week we talked about growing uh, yourself by working in other roles within sports media. As that kind of completed that wheel or that all the branches that we talked about in terms of building your own brand, how you grow as a broadcaster. And I know it was one that may not have talked a lot about actually broadcasting games in and of itself, but it does show a lot about how you can, as a broadcaster, get better by doing things outside of being on the air. Yeah, it's... Uh... I, I almost relate it to when you watch, I think it's Rocky Four, maybe, where, uh, where Rocky goes through the whole training montage and he's becoming a better boxer, but he's not in the ring. He's chopping lumber and he's doing this and he's, you know, you know, shadow boxing against, you know, sides of beef in a, in a freezer, not necessarily against a live opponent. Doing things that relate and are going to help to build some muscle memory and some skill and uh, working in areas that, that kind of all help on the fringes. Uh, but I think that, you know, anyone who's listened to this podcast for the run of season one here knows uh, one of my favorite things to talk about is it's not just one individual area, but all of those areas then help to create one picture. And so when you tinker on some things around the edges, that's going to make the whole picture of you as a broadcaster better. So whether it's the media relations side, editing, um, social media content creation, things like that, um, production, that's going to make you a better broadcaster working in those fields, even if it's not something that's directly, specifically related to the very thing that you want to be doing. I mean, that kind of just brings across the whole point of why we did this show is to, we didn't plan on telling you kind of the nuts and bolts of how exactly to call a game that comes by simple repetition. But a lot of our focus has been on how you can grow yourself in either certain areas that we didn't think about, uh, especially going through the early stages of our broadcasting career or things that you don't often, I don't want to say like put two and two in terms of a broadcasting side of things, but things that we were already doing, say like in our college days where kind of how I related college to is just training yourself to become exactly what you want to be in your career by doing a number of different things and then ultimately putting it all together and go. And I felt like, at least from my experience, and I said this on the last show is 
whether it was working in student radio, whether it was um, writing game recaps for the school newspaper or working a camera, running production, those are all things that all of a sudden you kind of make those mental notes. And then when you're actually on the air and you're trying to develop good storylines or you're thinking about what is anticipating what the next shot is going to be, whether you're talking to, or if you're on the radio trying to describe things so people can just purely imagine that at home, that's down to writing. Production was what was before. So all that kind of just really brings it all together. And again, I know it's not one of those topics that it was like, wow, it's high up there, but I felt it's something for everyone's maturation in this business. It kind of has to be talked about. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you talk to anyone in the business, especially uh, from a pure practical standpoint, um, you know, especially when you're starting off, this doesn't pay that well. So if you can pick up a few extra bucks on the side uh, by doing some of these other jobs, whether it's, all right, there's not an opportunity to call a game here, but you know, they need someone to hop on camera and you can make an extra 50 or a hundred bucks to do that, or someone to run graphics, or even just do some general media relations stuff down on a, on a scorer's table, um, you know, and run stats and things like that. Like, go ahead and do it. It keeps you employed and around sports, which is, I mean, that's why we all got into this, right? It's because we wanted to work in sports. Um, you know, the fact that we all like to hear ourselves talk is just a, a side bonus to the whole thing. Um, and so I think there's an important thing to be said for that as well, for, you know, kind of the practical side outside of just, you know, it's going to sharpen your, your skills in certain areas that'll help you on the air potentially, um, but also it's going to uh, probably most importantly help your bank account out uh, at a point in your life where you're gonna need it. I know I need it. Um, you need it, like we all need it. Like ask a broadcaster under the age of 45 and they have all done a ton of different behind the scenes things. Um, or their last name is a name that you know um, because of their father. Uh, just for an example, not saying that in a derogatory way or anything, but um, in that, you know, financially is not as much of a a need to to kind of look outside of uh the broadcast side to be able to make enough money end of the day i always view off days of broadcasting are just opportunities to look around and figure out hey you know does someone need an extra hand somewhere make a few mm -hmm. extra dollars because that few extra dollars could you know buy a meal get some gas have a good night out some along those lines but yeah uh if you missed that episode make sure to check out that one by subscribing if you haven't already on any one of your favorite podcasting platforms go find us there as well as any of our past shows which kind of brings us to what today's finale is like and when i pitched this idea back to joe early on in the summer not only was it something that it, it kind of in the tagline of wanting it to be the reference guide into the world of sports broadcasting, which I feel like throughout this season, over two dozen episodes now, where we've done a good job of diving into a lot of different things in this business. But at the same time, at least for me personally, this was something where it was a give back almost. As Joe and I mentioned early on, we didn't come from schools that had great broadcasting programs. We you know, cut our teeth in school radio, doing summer college baseball, independent ball, so on and so forth. But a lot of it was self-mentoring, figuring it out as we went along. And Joe, 
at least for me, I don't know about you, throughout the season, I feel like we've knocked out a number of lessons that a lot of people that might want to get into this career are just starting out and and figuring out where they want to go. You can really go to this and see, oh, okay, if I need to go work on a demo, this is where I could go get it. If I need to build my own brand, this is, we touch on a number of those things in episodes. This kind of encompassed exactly what we wanted, basically a reference guide and encyclopedia into this business. Yeah, and like you said at the beginning of this episode, JJ, this wasn't something that we necessarily set out to say, like, here's the nuts and bolts of how to call a game. I mean, there are a lot of references for that scattered across the internet. Um, you know, and, and for someone who is looking for it, those are not hard to find. So, you know, what are the things that, you know, you and I wish were out there at the time where we were kind of coming along and knew uh, where maybe, you know, we didn't have an upperclassman to kind of show us the way of how to do certain things and what mentalities to get into. And, you know, we both eventually found those mentors in the industry um, who helped us along with that. Uh, you know, many mentors, I'm, I'm sure in your case, as in my case, you know, it wasn't just one or two people, it was a half dozen. Um, and so, you know, to be able to try and compile that knowledge and put it out there in, in kind of one uh, bin, I guess, of this show, to be able to be something that exists to, okay, I found the resources that helped me out with the X's and O's on how to call a game. You know, I can go on YouTube and I can hear Kevin Harlan tell me how to call football on the radio or how he calls football on the radio. And then I can take from that. You know, what you or I give is not going to be as good in that regard. But there's probably not a whole lot out there about thinking of yourself as a business. Exactly. All right. Here's kind of that fine line to toe when you're reaching out and trying to network or get new jobs or just meet new people within the industry. Um, and really just taking all of those things together and having this be here to say, okay, I'm past that first stage. I know the basics. Now let me go into, you know, that 200 level broadcasting class. Um, not that I'm saying that we're this grandiose thing. I, it, I feel it like it's a bad idea though. Wouldn't yeah. be a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Coming to a, coming to a college near you, Joe and JJ 201, uh, intro to sports broadcasting. Um, but no, in all seriousness, uh, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun to hear from a lot of the younger broadcasters who listen to this show, having reached out, or even guys who have been in the field and, and women who have been in the field for five to 10 years, uh, who have reached out, said that they listen to the show and, and enjoy the things that we talk about. That's been, uh, been great for me to be able to connect uh, with some new people from throughout the industry and um, you know, again, encourage if, if you're finding this show sometime later on than the year 2020, um, my DMs are open on all platforms. JJ's DMs are open. Just shoot us a message. Like, I'm not hard to find. Uh, JJ's not hard to find. Uh, we'd love to hear from you uh, anytime because, again, that's mainly what this was a lot about, too, if you've listened. Connecting Absolutely. and bringing the industry together is so key to doing uh, anything successfully, really in any industry, but specifically in sports broadcasting. 
And one of the carrying on with that, because one of the things that I've had the most fun about, obviously we hit on a lot of topics that I really enjoyed getting into, but meeting some of the people and actually having discussions with them and the only previous kind of rapport that you have was just following them on Twitter, following them on Instagram. Funny enough, if you all don't already know, the only way that Joe and I knew each other before this was because we followed each other on Twitter. Yeah. We helped each other get a gig or two here or there, connect or some along those lines. First time we really ever talked was kind of, okay, so how are we going to do this show? Well, guess what? We've also had the chance to talk with some really great people, not just broadcasters, but just great people um, that at least for myself, I only knew on Twitter, I reconnected with one or two, but never actually spoke to them in, in person. Joe, was there one uh, of the interviews that really stood out to you that you either enjoyed for one reason or another? Um, I really enjoyed uh, so many of them. And I mean, I can, <laughs> I, I would love to list them all off now because I don't want to leave anyone off. But the, the two that immediately come to mind when you ask that question uh, and all due respect to Adam Giardino, who I know listens to the show every week. Uh, I know his story very well. I worked with him in Scranton in 2018 and 2019. Um, I didn't know as much about Alex Cohen. Like I, again, he was someone I knew on social media and I vaguely knew his story. And that was the first time I really actually talked with him. And, and so that's a conversation that stands out just because his perseverance through some tough situations, I think is something that a lot of people can learn from. Um, and, and then Susie Cool was another who was, who was in that boat as well that comes to mind where, you know, she was someone I knew from social media and that was it. Like I had never actually had a conversation with her and then she came on and was great and engaging and shared a lot of things on the content side that I didn't know, things that I'm gonna take and, you know, put into action myself once we get back to something uh, resembling normal sports. Um, and so I know I took a lot away from listening to her talk about her field of expertise. Um, and again, hopefully everyone else out there um, can, can learn a lot from that because again, in her story was some, uh, you know, going out on a limb and, and trying some different things. You know, she wasn't an on-air broadcaster until she was down in Salem and was on the air. And that was an, a new experience um, you, under quite a large microscope, quite frankly, with the situation she was in. So, um, you know, how she handled that and moved forward and, and kind of came out on the other side um, and is now doing good things up in Rochester, uh, again, I, I think are all important lessons. Uh, and those are, are two interviews that personally, I took a lot away from. And obviously talking to Mike Watts about doing some of the Remy stuff was was interesting just from how that works and the mechanics of it, um, because I've never experienced that in my career. And um, Yeah, it, it just was, uh, it, it was all really great. I think the timing too of the, both the Mike Watts interview and Adam Giardino interviews obviously were key as well, because for Adam, Obviously, like you said, you work with him. But for me, I'd never had a chance to fully, you know, meet him face to face. But to hear how exactly he went about creating the black play-by-play -play broadcaster uh, scholarship and grant program, which has taken off in so many folds since we had that chat. I know 
at the time of recording, I think they're going to be unveiling the first handful of scholarship winners coming up in a couple of weeks. And just to hear how that story launched, um, Mike, obviously, he was coming off of calling a, a soccer tournament that had basically the eyes of not only just this country, but the world on in the NWSL Challenge Cup, more so for the actions that were taking place off the field, really, and trying to tell those stories without getting I don't want to say too emotionally in, invested, but more allowing those stories to play out on their own without necessarily making your own commentary, which I, let's face it for Joe, you and myself and for every other broadcaster out there, stuff like that. And Mike said, this isn't going away. We probably our first respective games back. It's going to be touched on. I felt that was just massive to go into the shoes of someone that did it without really having anybody to follow. Um, obviously, we've seen demonstrations for one cause or another happen in sports in the past. And, but a lot of those were kind of buried in leads one way or another, where this was front and center, Casey Short crying on the field during the national anthem. How do you handle yourself talking about that? And some of the things that he talked about were just, so big like you didn't think about some of the things that he said and if you haven't listened go back to that episode that was pretty early on but um the Alex Cohen one though for me was just so much fun because unlike you I have had some previous experience not so much working with him but you know I board up his games when he called Ryder women's basketball and then getting a chance to reconnect basically seven years later and just to hear some of the stories plus I'm a nut for international baseball and to hear his story basically peeing his pants in front of 40 or nearly peeing his pants in front of 45,000 people calling game of the Tokyo Dome with JP Morosi and Tyler Mon, who also if we'll talk about this later but that's someone that I want to get on down the road because I've had some conversations before with him and he is someone that lives and breathes baseball all across the globe but for Alex I don't think I've laughed so much in an interview across 35 minutes with him and I, I truly hope and I think I could speak for both of us that hope to pass him in person at some point and just keep those conversations going. Yeah, yeah, that that was a slick spoiler for uh, for season two, and, yeah. uh, and some of the things we've got in the works for that coming up uh, at some point in the future. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm looking forward to obviously connecting in person with everyone that we, you know, have brought on uh, here in this first season. Because again, every single guest we had on was was dynamite, and I feel like I don't want to leave out, you know, Emmett Tiedman or Mike Samsel or, or or anyone else that we had on those were great episodes too. It's just, again, when you ask the question, those were the first two um, where my brain went to, but I'm sure anyone out there listening, maybe it was a different episode, a, a different guest that resonated more with you. Um, and, and I think that in all of the, the guest episodes, there was something um, for people to take away from it. Uh, certainly, again, I, I think I probably took away something from every single show we did. Yeah, absolutely. And for a lot of the people who have kind of spoken and let us know, there 
there's been interest in a number of specific topics that we hit. And I think maybe going forward, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into, and we're not talking about the guest shows. We're talking about some of the topics, just specific things that we did the money episode in terms of balancing and handling and managing your finances as a broadcaster. That was something that you and I never thought about in the first couple of years of doing this. And I know a lot of people were kind of along the same page of like, Oh, this is something that doesn't get talked about really at all for that matter. Um, because you may have some people for the first time, say, if you're go, making that step up and working with a network or with a, a conference or an organization, and you have to send in expense reports, stuff like that. And you have absolutely no idea what you're doing. You're probably calling like six different people wondering what exactly you have to do. Those are things that I think a lot of people definitely took away we didn't get into the expense reports too much in that episode but we talked about a lot of things in that um i felt like the job search a lot of the early episodes the job search the prep shows were huge we actually got a great um response in kind of overcoming the bad broadcasting habits and ways to turn them into good ones i know we could just list all the shows like which ones were our favorites but i felt like of those if there's maybe even a little bit more we could get into for the future, I felt like there was a, a people wanting more. Yeah. And I think something that we didn't touch on throughout all of it, um, as much as, uh, you know, sometimes we, we tend to take ourselves very seriously. Um, and, and I don't mean necessarily just on this show. I mean, us as an industry, we tend to take ourselves quite seriously sometimes. Um, we shouldn't always do that. Um, but there's another thing to, to realize when, you know, listening to this show, when, when we're saying, you know, do this or, or don't do this, this is a bad habit. This is a good habit. This is something you need to be doing. None of this um, is necessarily a guarantee of anything. I, I mean, I look at the positions that I'm in personally, um, you know, been in the Yankees AAA team since 2018, uh, you know, Division I women's basketball at Bucknell. It's pretty good. Like, I, I, I am enjoying the situation that I'm in. I am there because of I was in the right place at the right time for both of those positions. Like, it was a lot of luck. Yeah, there was hard work. I still had to do the things that I need to do to be good enough to take advantage of those situations. But I also realize that there are a lot of people out there who are um, better on air than I am, um, who, as much as I hate to say it, are probably more likable people off air than me. Um, but they didn't have the good fortune to be in the right place at the right time as I did to be in the position where I now am. Um, and I say that for two reasons. One, don't get too discouraged over opportunities that you don't get. Sometimes it's just not the right place at the right time for you. I know that for years, I would get really down on myself when I would apply for a job. I thought I had a good chance. I thought the interview went well, and then I'd get passed over. Um, and what I didn't necessarily realize was that 
all of those times where I got passed over for jobs that I thought were great, if I had gotten those jobs, I don't end up in AAA in 2018. So it was probably a good thing in the long run, as much as it absolutely was terrible and depressing in the moment. Um, so I think the, the first lesson is, yeah, don't get too down over those because that just means that wasn't the right place at the right time for you. And if you keep doing the right things and making connections with people for the right reasons, um, you will find yourself in the right place at the right time at some point. Um, and two, what that tells you is that don't take any position you have right now for granted. Because I know where I'm at, like in the crazy world of sports broadcasting, I still want to, you know, keep moving forward and moving up. But I also look around, okay, Division One women's basketball, you know, do, being on air in AAA for baseball. These are positions that people are in this business for 10, 15, 20 years, and they don't get there. And so as much as I want to look at my career and go, man, I want to keep moving forward. I want more. I can't afford to take for granted that I'm in a spot at the present time that thousands of people would gladly in a second trade for. Um, I, you know, don't get comfortable because again, you know, there's someone who would be dying to do what you do. So treat it with the, um, the seriousness that it deserves. Um, always do your best every single day, every single time you're on air and, um, and just appreciate the moments that you're there because this business is, it's a crazy ride and, um, you know, it's, it's the best and worst business at the same time in the world. And, uh, you know, I'm very glad and fortunate that, uh, it's the one that I'm in. Uh, it really is as much luck as there is involved. Um, I, I'm, I'm very happy to be, uh, to be a part of it. I know JJ, you're very happy to be a part of it. And I hope everyone out there listening feels the same way. Um, because that's really what it's about. Like so many people hate their jobs. You don't have to, there, there's no rule that says you have to work in a job you hate. Um, you know, and we're part of the lucky group that can legitimately say that they love what they do. Um, and that's, that's really cool. Absolutely. And you hit it perfectly. And it is, it's always interesting to hear that perspective because I'm in the same boat as you in the sense of you always want to, what's the next step, right? Like what I always kind of get told by this, by my family and I, and I'm guilty as charged on it where people, you know, they ask me when I come home after a game, like, Oh, how was it? Basically my response is it's fine. You know, job done, whatever. I'm already on to the next game. And you hear this a lot from professional athletes, from collegiate athletes, any athlete just in general, where you forget to take yourself out of kind of the realm for a moment and just genuinely appreciate what you're doing. Because to add on to what Joe says, not only do you not have to be in a job that you don't like, in a sense, you could do something that you want to do we're getting to talk about sports and getting paid to do it. I mean, genuinely, if you're someone that likes sports and if you can't play 
at the level that you know you're working or calling games at there's not too many better things than what we're doing so take a second back and appreciate it yeah maybe not in the moment it's difficult to do that at some days but just enjoy the fact that you're getting to put on a headset and talk about someone's stories because ultimately there's someone back in whatever hometown listening and watching and you know, beaming with pride because you're probably, if it's parents of a player, you're talking about their kid and they're happy about it. Or maybe they're not because you mispronounced their name first and you know, you're, you're going to get shtick about it later, but you get the point. It's you're, you have to enjoy the ride and don't take something for granted, despite the fact that we're talking about how ways you can improve yourself and keep improving is I'll part this always keep going you know yeah i said kind of you don't have to get robotic and be onto the next one onto the network next one but take every game you can as long as your schedule and your health allows you to do so keep going keep trying to improve on things there's no perfect game just watch that this is sports center commercial where they botch it in minute 50 of the 60 minute show. I'm trying to remember who it was off the time. I think Kenny Maine was in it somehow, but there's no perfect call. Yep. Just have a blast doing it. And yeah, don't take it so seriously. Like <laughs> we're, we're talking about sports. Yeah. And, and again, I'll, I'll build off that just by saying, you know, keep going. But again, if, if, you do get to a point where you don't feel like you love it anymore, where the joy is not there. Don't feel like you have to like, I know a lot of people who, and I'm not going to mention names who are minor league baseball broadcasters and they hate baseball. They hate being a minor league broadcaster. Um, and it's like, Oh God, another one of these games. No one's forcing you to be that broadcaster. Um, and if you ever get to that point, that might, and, and I shouldn't say a lot. It's like one or two. It's not a lot. Um, but again, if you ever get to that point, you know, then sure, maybe you look into another avenue. But in, if you still um, enjoy every part of the process, the prep process, the actual calling the games, the crazy hours, the nights, the weekends, um, everything bad in air quotes that goes along with it. Um, if you could still find joy despite all of the bad stuff, um, then yes, keep going, keep plugging ahead. But again, it's a business that wears a lot of people down and wears a lot of people out. And if you get to that point, um, as I've been very close to, and I think everyone gets pretty close to that point at one point or another. Don't feel like um, you're a failure if you don't make it. Um, because just by going after your dream, you're not a failure. There are so many people, we all know them, who had a dream at one point in their life and never went after it. And the very idea that I went after sports broadcasting or JJ went after sports broadcasting or you went after sports broadcasting, the listener, the very idea that you went after that puts you so far ahead of everyone else 
who decided to settle for something, who decided to say, well, that's not realistic, that's not practical, I'm gonna go and do this instead. Um, even if they end up enjoying whatever this is, you're so far ahead of them because you can actually say, I went after what my dream was in life and I gave it my best shot, whether it works, whether it doesn't. You can say that you have the peace of mind that you at least tried. And I mean, if that's not what we're on this earth to do, you know, pursue the things that make us happy as much as we can, um, then I, I don't know what we're on this earth for. Love it. Good stuff. Uh, difficult to kind of add anything to that one, um, which then kind of translates over into just kind of quick at this point, what's going to be the future for this? Um, like I said at the beginning, I approached this idea to Joe back in late May, early June. Um, kind of gave it like, let's go for 10 episodes, get a couple guests, see how it goes. What do we go from there? Well, for, fortunately for us, this is episode, I think, in total 25. So we far succeeded those expectations by then. So uh, what's going to be to come? Like I said, uh, we're hopefully, fingers crossed again, going to be getting back into games soon. And the way that schedules are going to be kind of unfolding if they do stay to course, we're going to be extremely busy from basically, I want to say the start of the calendar year 2021, basically through Memorial Day, and then even some further. So what does that mean for the show? Now, fortunately, everything is archived. We're not canceling anything, or at least I'm not canceling anything on podcasting platforms. If something does happen, well, I've already kept the subscription going, the premium subscription on uh, SoundCloud. So all these shows are going to be up there. So there's always going to be a place to go. Uh, we're calling this end of season one because we are kind of leaving it open if we want to come back and do a handful of shows and maybe perhaps getting back into the booth will probably give us a little inspiration on some things that we forgot to talk about. Joe was telling me before that it was games go on, start to write some stuff down. Those could be some topics that we could go to. If, Nothing else, if it could turn into something along the lines of we're just going to have episodes talking with other broadcasters, getting their points and views on things, that could be a season in and of itself. All I'm basically saying this is going to be kind of an open-ended where we go from here. Do I see the possibility of making a season two? Absolutely. I think Joe would probably agree to that to an extent. Mm -hmm. Do I see the possibility of having, you know, kind of sporadic jump in and out? We'll revive the social channels for a few weeks. Yeah. Do I see the possibility of this also being the end of it? Yeah. We don't know really what our schedule is going to be like. Mm -hmm. um, even after the end of the 2021 season, minor league baseball hopefully is kicking back in. Summer games going, summer leagues. We'll keep you all posted. But as I said, we're keeping the, the um, archive platforms going. You can find those in the descriptions. Um, if you can't, Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor. And we appreciate, of course, Anchor being our uh, podcasting host platform for this. SoundCloud, as I mentioned, that's where you can find all these episodes and scroll back. Uh, Joe, appreciate you doing this. Like I said, um, this was kind of on a not only just get through the pandemic, giving ourselves something to do, but like I said, I enjoyed 
getting a chance to talk broadcasting, talk sports, and hopefully, as the numbers show, people out there enjoyed this topic. So I think it could be something that we could keep going forward. But as we close season one, appreciate you doing this, especially with handling another project. And hopefully, uh, nothing but the best for what's next to come over the next few months. Yeah, absolutely. These last uh, 25, 26 weeks, boy, that sounds like a long time, almost half a year. Uh, have been uh, they've just flown by it's it's been a blast and uh, appreciate you coming up with the idea and thinking of me to, to come on and, and co-host it and uh, to have an outlet to just talk broadcasting this entire time and and talk a little shop with uh, with you and um, and all kinds of people has been uh, it's been really great uh, over these last six months for sure um, and hopefully everyone who's been listening appreciates that too Definitely. And like we also said, and we've said this often enough, just because we're not carrying on for this season doesn't mean you, you don't have to stop reaching out to us. If you have questions, if you want us to listen to your tapes or watch your reels, just have banter about the business, we're happy to do so. So socials one more time, as Joe said, I'm getting better and pretty good at knocking all these out. Um, you can find our show on Twitter at the VFTB underscore pod, Instagram views from the booth underscore pod and Facebook Views from the Booth podcast. Views from the Booth pod at gmail.com. Joe is on Twitter at Joe, Joe Vasile PBP and Joe Vasile on Instagram. I'm at JJDuke21 on Twitter, JJ.Duke21 on Instagram. Thanks for tuning in to not only this episode of Views from the Booth podcast, but season one of this show. Glad you all stuck with us from start to finish. And if you did stick with us from day one to right now, Hats off. You guys listen to a lot of us bantering about sports broadcasting. If you want to watch and listen to any of our past episodes, you can find us everywhere where you get your podcasts. And until next time, see you then.